Good morning and welcome to the Total Dream Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert, and it's a treat to have you here today. I just realized it may not be morning for you, but it's morning where I am. So happy whatever time of day it may be when you're listening to this. Um, As always, whether you're driving to work or running on the treadmill or walking around your neighborhood, I appreciate you listening to the show. I'm grateful for everyone who takes time out of their day uh, to listen to one or 23 or 24 episodes. Today is episode 24. Very excited. Um, Yeah, I know we got at least one new listener this week, so shout out to them. Uh, Very excited when friends discover the podcast or when they share it with other friends. So please do me a favor. Uh, Think about somebody you could share this podcast with who might appreciate it or who might benefit from it. Um, I think today's episode is going to be really useful for everyone. We are getting into the dog days of summer here in the Northeast. Um, And yeah, it's time to get outside. It's time to enjoy the summer, but it's also time to be smart about it. So what's new? News and notes, obviously. Uh, Let's see. About two weeks from tomorrow. I'll be going to Indianapolis for Black Diamond Club seminar. I'm very excited about that. Black Diamond Club's super cool group. It's all about personal development, business development, uh, and really being the best service provider you can be. If it wasn't for the Black Diamond Club, we wouldn't have 24 episodes of the Total Dream Life podcast for you to listen to. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. I already have my dinner reservations made. Uh, for the first night that I'm there. There's a steakhouse that was highly recommended to me. I have the, di- the reservation made. I've looked at the menu. I know what I want. I could probably bring exact change with me at this point. But I'm very excited, looking forward to that, looking forward to the seminar. Um, what else is going on? I'm sure some of you have heard about Threads, uh, which is Meta or Facebook's version of Twitter that dropped last week. Essentially just a clone of Twitter, as far as I can tell. But it sure is fun to watch um, the billionaires have a slap fight over which microblogging site uh, is best. Um, So that's been pretty entertaining. Um, It's also nice, at least at this point, Threads is a little bit of a calmer community. It's not quite the back alley grunge fight to the death, just attack everyone that Twitter is. Um, You know, Twitter is what it is, and it's a great... Uh, it's been an important part of culture over the last 20 years. But uh, yeah, it's fun to see them go after it. And Threads has been fun. So if you're on Threads, look me up. Same as everything else. It's either my name or it's Moby Dickert. Uh, And yeah, we're on there. We're having fun. Um, I just got a Gua Sha tool. I'm really excited about that. So Gua Sha is uh, an Eastern medicine uh, version of essentially like an instrument adjusted soft tissue manipulation technique but gua sha specifically is for the face Uh, so i've been using that a lot the skin's looking great i'm really enjoying adding that into my routine i'm also doing a lot more with my rock blades which is essentially a gua sha tool for the body so doing a lot of self-care a lot of scraping um, a lot of breaking up fascia a lot of breaking up adhesions and scar tissue Um, I'm a big fan, so if you have any questions about that sort of body treatment, reach out to me. I'm happy to tell you more. Uh, This week, I'm reading a couple of different books. 
for the purposes of personal growth and business, the book that I'm reading, which is or listening to, uh, is called Measure What Matters. It's by a man named John Doerr. It's about something called OKRs. I'm not going to get into that right now because that could be an entire podcast. I'm trying to keep this under 30 minutes today. But yeah, it's super cool. And the audio version of it, the audiobook, is dope because it's not just um, the narrator, but they have dozens of really just high powered, successful folks uh, reading their sections of the book. So they'll have like examples of how they've put this into practice in their companies or when they first learned about it or yada, yada, yada. But, you know, everyone from, you know, CEOs, Bill Gates is on there, the CEO of Google's on there, um, you know, Facebook, all these big companies coming in and talking about how they use these OKRs to set goals, measure goals, work together and collaborate. Um, and really just move things forward. So I'm really excited about that, and I'm bringing that into the practice. I'm bringing that in my personal life. Uh, so stay tuned. I'm sure I'm going to talk about that more. Uh, I had a patient roll in with a Joan Didion book last week that I hadn't read yet called The Year of Magical Thinking. So I started reading that. Um, it's pretty good so far. Her books are always great. I really like her perspective, um, her tone, or uh, her style. It's it's She's always a good read. Um, and then I just picked up a new Kurt Vonnegut book. Not new, obviously, uh, but I was in the uh, used bookstore last week and th- I was looking through the Kurt Vonnegut section and found a book called Hocus Pocus, which I either somehow haven't read before or just don't remember reading. So either way, once I finish the Joan Didion book, I'm going to get into the Kurt Vonnegut book. It's some fun summer reading. Not really watching anything new right now, you know. We've been rewatching Deep Space Nine, which is a lot of fun. There is a new Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds series, uh, and that series is just top-notch. You should really check it out, even if you're not into Star Wars. It's a good watch, but I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, apparently, Paramount Plus decided that everyone needed to have a Showtime subscription, so I now have a Showtime account, uh, which is, I mean, I guess I can finally watch Yellow Jackets, see what all the hype's about. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Some emerging trends that I've been reading about uh, that are appropriate to the podcast and what we do. One is microcurrent uh, skincare, face care. Uh, So different contraptions, different um, devices that will deliver a microcurrent to the skin on your face that actually stimulates the muscles underneath. It tightens them, it strengthens them, and the microcurrent will reduce wrinkles and makes the skin look healthier. We've been using um, something called the Solo Wave for the last year. It does microcurrent, heat, and a red laser. And we really, really like that product. It's really cool. Check them out. Um, I know that Therabody now makes one as well, the people that make Theragun. That one looks cool as well. Uh, I was on the Therabody website yesterday. They are having a sale right now. So if there is any Therabody products, Theraguns, that sort of thing that you're looking to get, now is a great time to check them out. Uh, The other emerging trend that I was excited to see is apparently mouth taping is having a moment in the sun. So I think we talked about this on the sleep podcast, but mouth taping is, and this is something I've been doing for the last year. It's been really helpful, but you essentially take a piece of K-tape and put it over your mouth while you're sleeping. And that keeps your mouth shut while you're sleeping and it forces you to breathe through your nose, which has a ton of benefits from the health of your breathing 
um, to the alignment and the function of your nasal passageways, and it also significantly cuts down on snoring. So it reduces sleep apnea, reduces the effects of sleep apnea. If you are someone who suffers from sleeping problems or dental problems or does a lot of mouth breathing, definitely check out mouth taping because it can change the way you breathe, it can change the way you function, and it can actually change the structure of your face in positive ways as well. Um, it seems that mouth breathing is kind of like this silent um, affliction on modern life. So what we can do to train against that can make some big changes in our lives. Uh, and then last week, my partner treated us to a massage at Bathhouse in Williamsburg. So Bathhouse is exactly that. It's a bathhouse. Um, my first time in a bathhouse, it was super cool. The massage was dope. And then on top of it, we got to spend the day going from the different types of saunas into the cold plunge, into the saunas, into the cold plunge. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I definitely need to get back in there and practice that some because the cold plunge is hard enough as it is. I mean, I've worked up to starting the shower off cold, and that takes a lot of focus. But to go from the super hot steam room into the cold plunge is a trip. Highly recommend it. But like I said, we're trying to keep this under 30 minutes. So without further ado, episode 24, the Total Dream Life Project, we're talking about healthy sunshine uh, and healthy sun exposure. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of the Total Dream Life Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Thomas Dicker. I'm a chiropractor, meditation teacher, entrepreneur, and lover of life, and I'm excited to have you join me for this week's episode. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of the Total Dream Life Project. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert, and I'm excited to have you here today. So like I said, we are talking about healthy sun exposure on today's episode. It's the you know, we're getting into the summer, the sun is coming out in between the uh, storm clouds and the smog, but there are days now where you can actually get a sunburn. So I figured it'd be time to review the sun and talk about how it affects our body and our total dream lives. So what's the sun? The sun is the star at the center of our galaxy. Um, all of the planets in our galaxy rotate around the sun and based on their distance, from the sun and the angle that the sun hits them, the sun has different effects on different planets. We're not going to get into all the planets right now, although I really want to, but like I said, we're on a schedule. So our magical little rock that flies through the sky has a lot of really cool features that allow us to live so close to the sun. Um, other planets like Mars haven't had as much luck living so close to the sun, and they have had the effects that we haven't had. So the biggest feature of our beautiful planet Earth is that it has a magnetosphere. Because the center of the Earth has all this molten rock and lava churning around this core of nickel in the middle, it creates a magnetic field around the Earth. And this magnetic field actually blocks a majority of the sun's radiation. Obviously, having a giant flaming ball of gas in the sky is going to have some side effects. I mean, our cell phones put off radiation. So this giant sun in the middle of the universe is putting off a ton of radiation. Magically, coincidentally, one in a million shot, 
our planet has a defense for that. And because of it, we've been able to have life on our planet. If we didn't have a magnetosphere, all of us would be burnt to a crisp. Life wouldn't happen. We wouldn't be here. So because of that, we get to live here in paradise at our little corner of the galaxy, all by ourselves, having a grand old time. Now, we've chosen to destroy the planet, but that's a story for another time. As always, we should be figuring out ways to improve the planet and trying to save it while there's a chance, but that would involve us taking action and demanding accountability from corporations and governments, and it doesn't seem like anyone has the stomach for that right now. But if you do, I encourage you to reach out to your local representative and make some noise. Back to the podcast. Um, So, the sun puts off radiation. Part of that radiation makes it through the magnetosphere and makes it to us. You know, we have the ozone that blocks part of it. Um, The weather patterns can block part of it. But eventually, some of that radiation gets to us. And it gets to us in a couple different forms. So we have ultraviolet radiation. There's UVA rays and there's UVB rays. We're not going to get into a huge discussion about it. But just know that there's two types of uh, rays that make it to the Earth that interact with our bodies and can have different effects. So UVA rays can uh, damage the skin, lead to aging of the skin, can in some cases lead to cancers. Uh, UVB rays are the rays that cause sunburn. They can also damage the DNA in your skin. They can lead to mutations. They can lead to cancers as well. But as we're going to learn today, the benefits of sun exposure may actually outweigh some of the risks we've been told. So let's start with the risk of overexposure to ultraviolet radiation. So both types of rays can damage our DNA, and that damage in the DNA can over time lead to mutations, lead to skin cancers, lead to early aging, lead to damage to the collagen fibers. Um, you know, It can decrease the amount of vitamin A in the skin. It can damage your eyes, lead to cataracts. It can also, um, if you have way too much UV radiation, it can actually suppress your immune system. Um, So you're probably thinking right now, like, oh, my gosh, I have to protect myself from the sun. The sun is out to get me. Um, Yes and no. (laughs) First of all, again, without the sun, we wouldn't be here. And we've evolved over hundreds of millions of years in direct sunlight. And that sun has a huge effect on our body. Uh, And a lot of the effect is positive. So what we find is that most of the diseases caused by the sun are benign they take a long time to affect us and they're not that big of a deal Um, obviously the exception is skin cancer and we've been told about all the dangers of skin cancer and i will talk to you today about how to protect yourself from skin cancer but we also want to get the good benefits of the sun so the diseases that are caused by too much ultraviolet radiation uh you know like I said, they don't reach the same level as the benefits that we get from ultraviolet radiation. Obviously, we want to control how much we get, just like anything else, uh, whether it's our diet or our exercise or our sleep or our anything in the dream life. Too much can often be t- as detrimental as too little, and it's all about finding that middle path, that balance, the, um, the minimum effective dose, the correct dose for you. There probably is going to be a little bit of experimentation, but over time with these healthy practices, uh, you can make the most of the sun. So skin cancer is definitely something that happens with too much sun. Uh, The melanoma is associated with too much ultraviolet radiation, but paradoxically, 
uh, it's kind of weird. So melanomas most often happen on parts of your body, like your torso or parts of your legs that aren't constantly exposed to the sun. So even though melanoma is associated with sun exposure, it also there's a benefit or a protective measure of the sun exposure. And what I mean like by that um, is that there's some evidence that continued sun exposure leads to better health outcomes for people that have been diagnosed with melanoma. Um, and then occupational sun exposure. So like landscapers and construction workers and postal workers and people that work outside, um, there was a 2003 study that showed that being outside for work actually reduced the occurrence of melanoma. So just like many of the things we talk about, the ultraviolet radiation is part of the picture and you want to take smart steps to manage it, but it's not the only thing that's leading to these melanomas. Part of that is your health, your lifestyle, your habits, your choices. Um, you know, so we want to be smart about our sun exposure. That's the big takeaway from the day. Um, yeah. But the other big takeaway of the day is that the appropriate amount of sun can be very helpful for us. Uh, some other diseases that I've learned are affected or influenced by lack of proper sun exposure. MS has been shown to be um, affected and more uh, have a higher occurrence or a higher rate of occurrence at higher latitudes. So the further you are on the globe from the equator, meaning the further you are from the center of the globe that gets pretty consistent sun year-round and is also where human beings started their evolution, the further you are away from that, the more likely you are to develop MS. And I think there was something that said if you're above about 37 degrees latitude, you are basically 100% more likely or more than 100% more likely to develop MS than somebody who lives at the equator. Um, unfortunately, it we're still not sure if sun exposure helps to reduce or slow the progress of MS, but they're looking into that to try and figure out if there's some way to help make a therapy or manage the symptoms. Um, type 1 di diabetes also has a similar effect. The further you are from the equator, the more likely you are to get it. Um, and it also seems that high levels of vitamin D are associated with low occurrences of type 1 diabetes. And the great thing about vitamin D is it's safe to take in very large doses. It's safe to supplement with. Uh, and there's really no overdoing it. So whether or not... So while we're waiting to figure out whether it's something to help with these conditions, you can be supplementing with it and using it in case it helps. Uh, type 2 diabetes... So that also had a link. So there's something called metabolic syndrome, which is a cluster of conditions that often leads to the development of type 2 diabetes. Um, so metabolic syndrome, same thing. The farther you are from the equator, the less sunlight you're getting, the lower your vitamin D levels, the more likely you are to have metabolic syndrome. Um, high blood pressure is another one. Apparently vitamin D works as like a protectant for our heart and our circulatory system. So lower levels can lead to increased risk of damage or disease in our cardiovascular system. Um, vitamin D is like a protector for our cardiovascular system. Um, it's also helpful with pregnancy and breastfeeding. Um, obviously, if the mother is vitamin D deficient and the baby is breastfeeding, well, the baby's getting priority 
in that situation. So it's just going to make the mother more uh, deficient. So when you're pregnant, when you're nursing, you definitely want to make sure that your vitamin D levels are at a healthy level, either using supplementation or healthy sun exposure. You want to keep those levels high for the health of you and for the health of the baby. Um, and there's a lot of cancers that are also linked with not getting enough sun exposure. Uh, and again, these happen more to folks that are living at higher latitudes. So things like Hodgkin's lymphoma, lymphoma, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer, you know, all the cancers we hear about are affected by how much vitamin D we have. I mean, vitamin D plays a role in almost every like tissue in our body, you know, so every tissue in our body, let's, let's say 90% because I don't have an exact number. So 90% of the tissues in our body, at least, are affected by our sun exposure, um, either negatively or positively, either getting too little, too much, or just right. You know, the old Goldilocks situation. Um, so benefits of adequate exposure and healthy exposure to ultraviolet radiation include um, healthy, normal vitamin D levels. Uh, vitamin D levels impact at least 1,000 different genes in our body, and those genes affect the tissues and organs and everything else. So by not having healthy vitamin D levels, we're doing the actions that are going to trigger the poor expression of our genes or the unhealthy expression. Uh, but having healthy vitamin D levels, conversely, will lead to healthy gene expression and affect our overall health and wellness. Um, unlike other essential vitamins that are obtained from food, vitamin D can be produced by our bodies. And it's produced in our skin as a result of exposure to adequate amounts of ultraviolet radiation. Um, vitamin D is important in bone growth, develop, bone development, and bone health. Uh, low levels of vitamin D in children leads to a condition called rickets. This was super big during like the Industrial Revolution when kids were rolling up their sleeves and going to work in the factories all day or going to work in the coal mines and they never got to see the sun. And all of a sudden people noticed, hey, all the kids have wonky bones and bow-shaped legs. Well, that's because their bones were not forming properly because they didn't have adequate levels of vitamin D because they were inside all day instead of out in the field playing in the sun like they should be. Um, in adults, low levels of vitamin D over time can be a precursor to osteoporosis. Uh, it will precipitate oste osteoporosis and exacerbate osteoporosis. And over time, can also lead to osteomalacia, which is like when the bones just start dying. It's not fun. Um, so you want to be aware and you want to get your vitamin D levels tested if you can. Many diseases treated throughout the world history have been treated by uh, physicians prescribing sun exposure. You know, whether it's seasonal affective disorder or certain bone disorders, sunbathing is a, con is a frequent uh, and effective treatment that has been used for millennia. Um, it also has, like I just mentioned, a positive effect on our mood. So seasonal affective disorder, SAD, SAD, um, that is very prevalent in higher latitudes. Uh, and it is directly affected to the sun exposure and the effects that the ultraviolet radiation has on our bodies and our brains. So some people will use um, artificial lamps or lights during the winter months especially uh, to give them a dose of healthy light so that they can stimulate these positive changes in their brain. Um, essentially, when you're looking into it and in the current research, the current consensus or the current theories that are coming out is that the effects of too much sun exposure as far as diseases go 
mostly moderate, manageable, not a big deal. The effects of too little sun exposure, very detrimental to health and very problematic to the health of the world, the health of the economy, um, and the health of our friends and family. So you want to make sure you're finding ways to get healthy vitamin D levels and healthy sun exposure, and we're going to talk about some of those. But first, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sunburn. So sunburn, what is it? So essentially what happens in sunburn when you are at, exposed to ultraviolet radiation for too long, it damages the cell membranes of your skin at the different layers. And over the next eight hours or so after exposure, those membranes break down and all of the material inside of the cells, the cytoplasm, the mitochondria, the nuclei, all this stuff, it just pops like a water balloon and gets into the interstitial tissues, causes inflammation, causes redness, causes swelling. If the burn's really bad, it can lead to blisters or sun poisoning. Um, and essentially what's, what you've done is you've just gone in and popped all your cells. Uh, it'll take a few days to recover. There's things you can do to help heal quicker and more effectively. Um, but that's what a sunburn is. So let's talk about a couple different types of sunblocks. So there's basically two types of sunblock, right? There's chemical sunblock and there's physical sunblock. Um, one thing I want to mention, because this is a common thing that comes up, is this idea of some people on the internet and some people who have podcasts and natural health circles are very quick to say that sunblock is a carcinogen or that it causes a cancer. And I can't find any real evidence to support that. The closest we can get, so again, two types of sunblocks, chemical and physical. We'll talk about chemical first. So chemical is usually multiple ingredients um, and it needs to be absorbed into the skin to be effective. The way it works is that it absorbs the ultraviolet radiation and converts it with the help of the skin into heat, which is then released by the body. Um, you know, because the rays get absorbed into the skin, there's some damage to the skin, but it's mild and much less than not having the sunblock on. Um, regular use can cause these different ingredients to build up in the bloodstream, which means that there is some potential for damage or long-term consequence. But unfortunately, the research isn't there to say this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but it is something to consider. So with chemical sunblock, because there needs to be some time for it to absorb, you either need to put it on ahead of time or you need to put it on and sit in the shade for a while so your body has a chance to take it in and get ready for the sun exposure. Uh, probably 10, 15 minutes before you're out in the sun is a good rule of thumb. So the other type of sunblock is called physical sunblock or natural or mineral sunblock. You know, So your zinc oxides, your titanium oxides, those are the two ingredients that are found in uh, the physical sunblock. And essentially what it does is it creates a layer that sits on top of the skin and blocks the sun, just like those little sun shields you put in the front of the car window. It works in the same way. It reflects the sun. But because it sits on top of the skin, you need to re reapply it more often because it can be washed off or sweat off more easily. Um, but because it sits on top of the skin, it doesn't get absorbed into the skin. So there's no potential for that to be interacting inside of our bodies. So in my personal opinion, that is a healthier version of sunblock, and that is the one I try to use. The caveat to that is because it sits on top of the skin and it's made of minerals, it tends to leave like a white sheen. So after I put it on my face, I kind of look like a vampire. So this can affect 
when I use it. You know, if you're in a social situation and you don't want to look like you're uh, an extra in an interview with the vampire, sometimes the chemicals sunblock can be a more low-key, less obvious sunblock to use. Uh, but I like the mineral sunblock, and once you get the hang of using it, it's pretty easy to use it without looking like a ghost. Um, but, again, so that comes back to the question of can sunblock be damaging to me? There's no evidence of that, but I tend to lean towards the mineral sunblock because it doesn't get absorbed, because of the way it works, because there's less opportunity for it to interact with my body. My skin, as we all know, is very sensitive, so I need to be careful about what I put on it. Um, so I tend to lean towards the mineral sunblock, but I use the chemical sunblock as well. It depends on what I'm doing. Like if I'm going swimming or if I'm going to be you know, in a different situation, I'll, I'll choose accordingly. Most likely it's safe, but lots of things that are most likely safe turn out to be big problems later. So use your heads. Uh, so yeah, so definitely when you're using sunblock, you want to look at the ingredients. Uh, you want to pay attention to what you're putting in. The most studied and most clinically safe and effective are the mineral sunscreens, the zinc oxide, and the titanium dioxide. Uh, but, you, you know, you'll find different options out there. Um, if you do use a chemical sunscreen, uh, watch out for something called oxybenzone. You know, that's something that has been shown to affect uh, birth weight, uh, pregnant mothers, it affects your skin, it affects your health, it can have a lot of interactions in our body. So I definitely want to avoid oxybenzone when possible. Uh, but again, look at the labels, see what's in there. You want to choose uh, lotions over sprays and powders when you can because there's nothing wrong with sprays and powders, but you have to be more careful with a spray and a powder that you don't inhale it. You don't want this stuff in your lungs, especially the chemical sunblock. You do not want to inhale that. The mineral sunblock's probably a little bit safer, but I also would prefer not to inhale that. The nice thing is if you, when you use a spray version of the mineral sunblock, it comes out pretty thick. It's not so breathable like the mist that's created by the chem chemical sunblock sprays. Uh, da -da. And also consider the usage. You know, what are you doing? How long are you going to be in the sun? Are you going to be in the water? Are you going to be at a party? You know, all these things come into play. Uh, don't focus on the SPF number because people get mistakenly confident that a high SPF number is offering uh, longer protection. It has a higher protection of how much sun it blocks, but it doesn't last longer. SPF 50 lasts the same amount of time on your body as SPF 10. So you have to reapply just as often. Um, and a lot of people get the misconception that, oh, I have SPF 80 on. I put it on in the morning. I'm good for the day. Not the case. So you want to focus more on applying it regularly then focusing on what number it is. Uh, yeah. So then you want to also apply it properly. Um, you want to make sure that you, if it's a chemical sunscreen, you're putting it on before, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 10 minutes uh, before you're going into the sun. Uh, if you're using the mineral sunblock, you want to make sure you have an even coat uh, that is, you know, ready to go. And then you want to reapply it regularly. Uh, every sunscreen wears off. Like we said, the mineral probably more so than the chemical. Uh, but when you're sweating or swimming and using mineral sunscreen, you definitely want to be reapplying on a regular basis. Um, and same thing with the chemical one. So every couple hours, make sure you're putting on another layer or opting for some other sun protection. You know, you could put the mineral sunscreen on and two hours later be like, I'm putting on my big hat and my sun shirt 
and get your SPF protection that way. Sun shirts are huge, by the way, because you can't absorb sun shirts into your bloodstream. So sun shirts are a very, very viable option. We see them everywhere. People love using them on kids, but they don't use them as much themselves. Big fan of sun shirts. Uh, highly recommend. And don't skip the sunblock. You know, you want to be consistent with your sun protection. All right. So we're already going over time. We're going to hit a couple more points, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up. So one thing that I wanted to mention. There's some talk out there that wearing sun sunglasses prevents your eyes from sensing the light properly and leads to more sunburn. This isn't really true. Uh, you're not going to burn more if you're wearing sunglasses. However, there are special receptor cells in your eyes that are only there to focus on how bright the light is and, how in, and the quality of the light. And that can actually affect our mood, can affect um, you know, our health and our wellness in different ways. So what I like to do when it comes to sunglasses is when I go out in the morning when I'm going to the train, I won't wear sunglasses. So I get a nice dose of early morning sun hitting my eyes, hitting my body. And then, you know, as I'm walking to the train and I'm noticing, or as I'm walking from the train to the office and I notice that I'm starting to squint, then I put the sunglasses on because I don't want to be walking down the street just squinting, squinting, squinting. That's going to have a negative effect on the skin. And over time, like we said before, too much sun to the eyes can cause damage, can lead to cataracts, can lead to scarring. So you want to be healthy about it. You want to be smart about it. I like to get that early morning sun because it's not as bright and direct as the mid-noon sun. But your brain releases hormones and endorphins and chemicals based on the sun. So putting sunglasses on is going to limit how much that sun hits your eye. It's going to affect how strong a response your body has to the sun. But getting that nice dose of early morning sunshine can trigger all these responses in our brain and make things function in a very healthy way, keep us in our circadian rhythms, get our melatonin production up and going, uh, and actually lead to healthier sleep and other healthy outcomes down the road. Uh, so like I said, early morning, 15, 20 minutes, and then I wear sunglasses for the rest of the day. Um, another thing that I wanted to make sure we mentioned. So one of the things that happens when children don't get adequate sun exposure is that their eyes become weaker and they tend to develop myopia later in life, um, meaning that they uh, need glasses and or corrective measures for their eyes. So it's important, especially when we're young children and developing, that we have opportunities to be outside and get that exercise from the sun. When you go out from your house, which is dimly lit, into the sunshine, which is super bright, it causes your pupils to constrict. This is not unlike when you go to the gym and you pump iron and work out. This is a workout for your eyes, and it can make your eyes healthier and stronger if you're doing it in a safe, responsible manner. So getting some good sun exposure for your eyes can actually help your vision over time. Um, and especially if you have young children around, you want to make sure that they're getting outside and getting adequate sunshine so that their eyes are getting healthy workouts. Um, you know, the third thing I wanted to mention is even though we can't find or we I haven't found any evidence of sunblock being detrimental to our physical health, there is a world of evidence that sunblock is detrimental to reef health. So the reefs in the ocean are suffering 
One of those things is due to climate change, but the other thing is due to all the humans that are hopping in the ocean with sunblock that's poisoning the reefs. So you really want to make sure that you have reef-safe sunblock. That is important. It's as important as looking at the ingredients and looking at your health is the health of the planet. So please, please, please make sure that you are using reef-safe sunblock. All right. Um, how much time? Like, What's the minif- minimum effective dose? Uh, how much time do I need in the sun? So there's multiple factors to this. One of the big factors is your skin tone. Your skin tone's typically related to where your ancestors grew up in relation to the equator. Um, It's thought that darker skin tones were evolved as a countermeasure to the direct intense sun of living closer to the equator. And then as humans migrated further away from the equator, uh, they developed lighter skin so that they needed less time in the sun uh, to get the proper levels of vitamin D. So latitude, how far you are from the equator, whether you're in Juneau, Alaska, or Mexico City, um, whether you're on the Horn of Africa or Montreal, you know, all these places are going to have different intensities and qualities of sunlight, and you're going to need different amounts of time to have that exposure. Uh, And then the third thing is what type of clothing is being worn. You know, if you are um, an Inuit in Alaska, you're wearing a ton of clothes. If you are from a religious community that requires a certain amount of modesty, you might be wearing long sleeves year-round. Other cultures wear less clothing or it's culturally acceptable to not be as fully clothed. And those people are going to get more sun exposure. So you want to take that into consideration when you're figuring out how much sun exposure is going to make you healthy. Um, The sun has a huge effect on our circadian rhythms, our ability to go to sleep when it's appropriate, to wake up when it's appropriate. You know, we're dineural creatures. We're meant to be awake when the sun's up and asleep when the sun's dark. Uh, And the sun is a big trigger for that. Unfortunately, what happens when we come home at night and we're blasting all these artificial lights in our face, uh, it affects our brain. It confuses our brain, makes us think that it's not nighttime, and it makes it very difficult for us to sleep. So if you're having trouble sleeping, go back and listen to the sleep podcast, listen to the circadian rhythms, and consider using blue light blocking glasses or something to, to affect what light's hitting your brain and affect uh, your circadian rhythm so you can get better sleep and be healthier. Uh, you know, being out in the sun early in the morning, the other reason that I like early morning sunlight is because it kicks off that daily rhythm sooner makes me want to go to sleep at appropriate times and it helps me wake up the next day i love sleeping with the blinds open so that i can wake up to the sunlight because that just that fuels the rhythm uh so let's see oh and the other thing that happens is that the sunlight and being out in the sunlight and getting sun in our eyes it causes our brain to release serotonin serotonin is the precursor for melatonin which is what makes us sleepy Uh, So it's very important to our hormones, it's important to our immunity, it's important to our inflammation in our body, it's important to our healing and our wellness. Uh, The sun sun exposure uh, affects all these directly, so you really want to be smart about it. One of the things I've done recently to help manage this is I added the, there's a UV monitor or a a UV report, like every day just like there's a weather report and an air quality report, uh, there's a UV index. So I put a little widget on my watch that tells me what the UV index is. You know, it goes from 1 to 10, uh, and it helps me know when the sun's super intense or when I maybe don't need to put sunblocks on my body. Um, But it's something to pay attention to. Find some way to monitor how much UV is out there, uh, and it'll really help your experience with being in the sun. Uh, So obviously, we've gone over 30 minutes. 
Um, I'm going to wrap it up. We'll do a part two because there's a ton of stuff we didn't get to. Uh, the takeaway is the sun is healthy for us in the proper amounts, just like anything else. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any tips or stories about how this has affected you or your experience with the sun, reach out to me. If there's anything I didn't cover or that you need more clarity on, hit me up. Let me know. We'll definitely do a part two of the sun at some point. This is a fun one. Uh, and I like talking about it. So we'll get back into it. So as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I am eternally grateful for you. Um, I love that we're doing this, that we're 24 weeks in, um, and it's been a lot of fun. But as I've said since day one, the whole point of this is building a community. And without the community, this doesn't happen. And I don't care if it's a small community. We can do this for 15, 20 people for as long as we're having a good time. But if you feel so inclined, I'd really appreciate you sharing this with someone. I'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast, if you like it, um, if you rate it, those sort of things. They all help the podcast get attention. And that's kind of the goal to keep it growing. Um, so yeah, please share with someone. Please let me know what you like. Please let me know what you didn't like. Uh, as always, get out there. Find something that makes you uncomfortable. Stretch your wings. Figure out a way to grow. Um, you know, be present, be in the moment, love your life, be kind to yourself, be kind to your neighbors. Uh, yeah, have a great day. Love and appreciate you. Adios. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social at Moby Dickert and learn more about me and the podcast at thomasdickert.com.